Good morning, church. Gospel of Luke, chapter number 7, verses 18 through 23. I, I actually, before we just even go into it, uh, let me just pray. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord. Lord, we thank you. We thank you. We thank you, Lord. We give you praise in this place, my God. We're so grateful for your presence, Lord. We're so grateful, my God. We don't tire of that precious commodity of your presence, oh God. For we know just to get access to it required the cross. That was the cost of access, my God. Therefore, my God, we don't undervalue this moment, my God. We just thank you, my God, so much for your presence that's abiding in this place, Lord. I pray that right now, Lord God, that you would just even manifest your presence, my God. Make your presence known, my God. Make your presence felt right now, my God. To ev- my God, to my God, as we sit here today, my God, I pray that you begin just to impress your presence upon the hearts and the souls of your people, my God, Lord. We give you praise now, Jesus. We give you praise. Now go on, just begin to worship him and thank him for his presence. With your own words, just, just, just say thank you for your presence, Jesus. Thank you for your presence, Lord. We thank you. We acknowledge your presence that's in this place, God. My God, we thank you. We thank you. We thank you so much, my God, for the abiding and living presence of Jesus that's in this place right now, my God. And my God, we honor this moment, my God, of your presence. We honor this moment by by not just bringing our bodies, my God, but my God, we also offer up our attention. We also offer up, my God, our faith in our hearts, my God, for your word declares that you will seek me and you will find me when you seek me with all of your heart. And therefore, my God, we give you, we, we don't just bring you our, our bodies, my God, we bring you our hearts, we bring you our minds, we bring you our thoughts and offer it up to this moment, my God. And we pray, my God, as we do, that you would take it and fill it, my God, with your word and your purpose and your presence, my God. We just thank you now, Jesus. We thank you, my God, that though the grass may wither and the flower fade, your word stands forever, my God. We thank you, my God, that when everything else fades and when everything else buckles, when everything else shakes, your word is a firm foundation, my God. Your word, my God, your word is secure. Your word, my God, is strength. Your word is hope. Your word is joy. We thank you now, Father God, for your word. Speaking to this place now, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Uh, The Gospel of Luke chapter 7, verses 18 through 23. John's John's disciples told him about all these things. Calling two of them, he sent them to the Lord to ask, Are you the one who was to come, or should we expect someone else? When the men came to Jesus, they said, John the Baptist sent us to ask, are you the one who was to come, or should we expect someone else? At that very time, Jesus cured many who had diseases, sicknesses, and evil spirits, and gave sight to many who were blind. So he replied to the messengers, go back and report to John what you have seen and heard. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, and those who have leprosy are cured. The deaf hear, 
the dead are raised and the good news of the good news is preached to the poor blessed is the man who does not fall away on the account of me and everybody said well though right because i mean what a dramatic shift in the testimony of john that john the one whom at the river jordan pointed to jesus and declared before all the people this is the one that's and he is now asking that same jesus are you the one have you ever gone through something that made you question everything that you th- that uh, everything you thought you were sure of on one p- or at one point of life that uh, or have had to give witness to someone else and other people about God's goodness but then have to go home and wrestle about that testimony in your own situation the, the, you're in good company because this this is where the prophet of John was because he is a prophet that is what Jesus said he was this is where the prophet was uh, going through right now and i love that Jesus was not afraid to engage the question see sometimes especially when you deal with god the that the key that unlocks the greatest revelations is not is is not so much the uh, powerful answers but powerful questions and and this was a this is a powerful question it, it is a question that has a lot of layers to it and just on its surface is probably the questions with the question of all questions are you the one that's what the world is asking right are you the one and and in fact before you even get too critical about John's question here uh, you have to understand that by the time that Jesus arose and revealed himself there were many who had already had come and gone and proclaimed and, and claimed that they were the one because by that time there was sort of a witness within the people's hearts that the moment of messiah had come that there was this hunger and thirst that compelled them to search for something they could not describe but they knew they needed there was already this witness the sensing that this thirst that was already created an anticipation about what god was going to do and i feel it sort of describes maybe the tone of the generation that we live in right now that and in the presence of as as we watch the world right now we we recognize in the presence of so many forms and shadows and shapes of spirituality that seem from afar to offer some level of uh fulfillment and meaning it, this generation now comes bearing the question of John are you the one are you the one who we hope you are are you who we heard you to be are you who you say you are are you the one and even at one point they even come and ask John the baptist he, he they come and ask John are you the one and John says to them and I love his answer he says i am not the one but there comes one after me whose sandals are not worthy to untie i baptize you with water but he who is to come will shall baptize you with the holy spirit and with fire 
And I feel that's the, our testimony a little bit to this generation that we are not the one. But there is one who has come and is coming. He is the living well. He is the deliverer of your souls. He is the salvation of your hearts. Are you hearing what I'm saying? He is. He is the healer of your body. He is the one that satisfies and fulfills. He shall baptize you with his love. Baptize you with his power. There is one coming. Tell your one. Tell your neighbor. Says he's coming too. Yeah, he's coming. He comes in more ways than one because the Bible says, "Behold, I stand at the door and knock." And if any man opens the door, I shall come in. And if I shall come in, I won't only bring, I won't only deliver you from your sins. I won't only deliver you from your fear, but I'll satisfy your thirst. I'll satisfy your hunger. I'll give you what your heart has been longing for. I'll give you what your soul needs. I'll give you, for, I'll give you the thing that you've been looking for and you couldn't even describe to anyone else. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? And so on the surface, that would be the question until you consider who is asking the question. <laughs> because John not only was the one who cried out, behold, the Lamb of God. He wasn't only the one who said, behold, this is the one whom I said would come after me. But John was also there to witness the heavens open. He saw the Holy Spirit descend upon him and rest upon him. He heard, John himself heard the voice that came from heaven and said, confirmed, this is my son who I am well pleased. But, but the general expectation of the Jews at the time was that the Messiah would deliver the people from Roman occupation. And restore the kingdom of Israel. And this is sort of really, that was, that's what was at the center of John's popularity amongst the people. Because John was the one who declared, he had one message. He said, he is coming. He's coming after me. And so everyone began going out to John, waiting on the Messiah. Waiting on this Moses type of deliverer that would deliver them from Rome. Just as Moses delivered them from the Egyptians. And while it's true that Jesus would, can't, would come to deliver them from a, another type of Pharaoh, but this Pharaoh was not Caesar, but Satan himself. And the chains that Jesus came to break were not made of iron, but they were made of our sins and guilt and fear and our shame. It was made of actually stronger stuff than the iron. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? Because that's where the real bondages are. Those are the bondages most difficult to break. Not the outside chains, but the inside chains. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? Some of the things that you think are binding you and holding you back are really not the things that is binding you and holding you back. Hallelujah. Are you understanding what I'm saying? That's why, remember we talked a couple of weeks ago that how, how Jesus, when, when the crippled man was lowered in front of Jesus through the roof, the friends lowered him in, in the presence of Jesus. And the Bible says that he saw their faith and he looked at the man and said, man, your sins are forgiven. And, and, and it is like, and we were talking about how it's so anticlimactic because, because what do you mean my sins? That's not what we came here for. 
We came here to, to heal the legs. But Jesus understood what was crippling the man was really not on the outside, but was on the inside. And see, sometimes God really knows where we need deliverance. And so sometimes God has the love, has, loves you enough to not necessarily always do what you want, but do what you need. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? So, but this was not the type of freedom that people expected. They expected Christ to deliver them from Rome. And this expectation over time also fed into John's own ministry and his own interpretation of what Christ would come to do. And so, and so as Jesus revealed, Jesus, John, I, I think John sort of notices that uh, somehow Jesus is a bit slow in getting this thing going. So he decides that Jesus needs help in getting the revolution started. So the Bible says that John decided to up the ante and he challenged Herod himself. And by, by default challenged Rome. And in no short order, as he keeps talking, he gets sort of what he, he gets the attention that maybe he wanted and he gets put into prison. But in John's mind, it doesn't even matter. Because the Messiah has come. And Exodus part 2 is about to begin. But you know what? You know what happens? Days turn to weeks. Weeks turn to months. And Exodus part 2 is delayed. And it's not coming out. And I mean it's happening but just not in the way that John thought it was going to happen. Because otherwise it would be, it was a very odd moment for John to ask Jesus the question he was asking. Because Jesus had just raised a, a, a man back to life who was, and they were all, while they were on their way to bury him. And somehow it always describes how Jesus moved. He always, I don't, and don't ask me why, he likes coming at that last moment. That last one, that when you're about to put it in the dirt and, and, and you're about to give up hope, that's the moment that he will come in. As it's going down, he lifts it back up and breathes a, a, a fresh breath and a fresh life into things that you thought you were dead. And, and that's just the way he does it. And so don't get surprised. Some of you, you have things in your life and things in your heart. And, you, and, and, and just as it was going down, just when you're about to say it's finished, just when you're about to, to, to lose hope and say it's done, here comes Jesus. While, while it's going in the ground, say, wait, 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 wait. I'm not done with it yet. It's not done yet. And he, he, all of a sudden, he, 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 he taps it and says, time to wake up. And he lifts it up out of the coffin that you try to put it in. Oh, God. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? But, this, so, Jesus does this and, sorry. Jesus does this and, and news has spread. This, this is dramatic. Stops the funeral procession. Holds the traffic up and said, and lifts them in. So news has spread. And John's disciples decide G, that, that he needs, that John needs to hear this. And so they go to him and they tell, they tell John, you never believe what happened. It's, go, it's, it's crazy out there. Jesus has lifted a, a man from the dead and they give him the report. And so John tells his disciples, he said, now go to Jesus and ask him, are you the one or should we look for someone else? 
Now, I'm sure John's disciples, I, I, I'm wondering what's going through their head right now. I think they're looking at John like, you, you want us right now to go to Jesus. Did you just, he just raised someone from the dead. But, and you want us to ask him now, are you the one? Are you, are you, are you, are you understanding what I'm saying? You, you, now you want us to ask him? <laughs> when everybody's talking? But you see, there was a question in John's question that the disciples, his disciples didn't hear. But I think Jesus understood. Aren't you glad that sometimes Jesus understands you, even when you don't understand yourself? That when the Bible says he knows the thought that you are thinking, even before you thought the thought, while you were getting the thought together, he knows the thought completely. So sometimes God can hear, because sometimes you don't even know what to pray or what you're saying, but God can even filter through all that when you don't even know what the right words to say and understand what you're saying. So Jesus understands, I think, what John is asking him. But see, because what John was really asking is, why aren't you performing to my expectations? Why aren't you doing what I thought you were going to do the way I thought you were going to do it? You know how we are because God, it's funny how God can be doing a lot in our lives. We can, he, he can be showing up in so many different ways. But because he's not showing up in the area we want him to show up in, we feel like he's not doing anything in our lives at all. Are you understanding what I'm saying to you? You, you, you fail to recognize God's goodness in your life just because he's not performing in that space or performing in that thing you want him to move in. While in actuality, he is doing a lot. He's moving in your life. He gave you health. He gave you breath. He gave, are you understand what I'm saying? That you have a lot to praise God for, but somehow you miss all of that because he's not performing in that thing that you want him to perform at. <laughs> and, and so John... This is where John was, and he's asking, are you the one, and, and, why, and, and more importantly in all of this, John is asking, why have you done something to free me from my situation? Why have you done something about these chains? Are you the one? Are, or, or, or do I have to look for another to free me from this thing? Do I have to rely upon my own strength and my own thoughts and my own ways and my own plans? Do I have to develop my own scheme to get me out of this? Are you the one? Or do I have to look for someone or something else? Or even worse, do I have to look to myself? Are you the one? I mean, part of me, part of me knows, part of me, know, you, part of me knows you are the son of God. It knows that you are the Christ. It knows that you are Messiah. It's just that, are you going to be Messiah in this thing right here? Are you going to be, uh, are you going to be Messiah in my chains that I'm, the chains I'm in right now? Or should I look for another? And we all deal and confront this question in different dimensions and in different areas of our life. That this question comes to test us in different areas of our life. And for like, uh, and like John, we, we know who he is. We know, we, we know who he is, right? We know we, we've all had some level of 
revelation or in, in an encounter with who he is. We, we, know, we know he is provider. We, we know that he is, he is the deliverer. He, we, we, we know that he is the healer. We, we know he is the Christ. We know he is Savior. We know he is Messiah. But the question is, will he be provider in the need that I'm facing right now? Will he, will, will, he, will he be the healer in the circumstance that I'm going through right now? And this is the real struggle of faith. This is where, where it is. It, it, it's, it's, it's not in necessarily what we know in, in, in the broad context. It's, it's what we believe about the situation that we're in right now. It's bringing that knowledge home to what we're going through. And this is the real struggle of faith that we, that we really go through. In, and it's how to bring the not knowledge home, home. And this is why Hebrews 11 says that he who comes to God must first believe that he is. And that he is a rewarder of them who diligently seek him. Think about that. He says... I don't want you just to believe that I am. I want you to believe that I'm a rewarder. Are you understanding what I'm saying to you? I'm a rewarder. I, and, and sometimes, we, you know, we have this thing, all I want is Jesus. I know this. I understand sometimes what we're saying. We're saying we're trying to focus upon him despite our issue. And that's good. But you have to know that, that God's expectation, the thing that pleases him, it's not that you just worship him for he, who he is, which is good. He says, I want you to come to me, believe that I am, that's the first, and that I'm a rewarder of them who didn't. Sometimes I think that we want to let God off the hook about the other thing. Like, God's okay if you don't do that. I, I, we, we feel like we just want to let them off the hook a bit. But God doesn't want to off the hook. He wants you to trust him. He wants you to expect him and believe that he is a rewarder. God says, I, I, I don't need, I'm not a man. I don't need to be let off the hook. Are you hearing what I'm saying? To He's a rewarder. In other words, God says, it's not enough for you to believe that I am. You need to believe that you will see the reward of who I am in your life. Is that good? Hallelujah. I want you to know and believe that you will experience the reward and benefit of who I am in your own issue. And that's why in, uh, in Psalms 91, verse 9, David says something. He says, if you make the most high your dwelling, even the Lord who is my refuge, then no harm will befall before you, no disaster will come near your tent. He said, if you make the Lord your refuge. In other words, he says, it's, he's saying it's, it's one thing to know that he is a refuge. It's another thing to make him your refuge. That he says, you need to take the next step. You know that he is, but now you have to make him your refuge. It's one thing to know that he is a provider. It's another thing to make him your provider. Are you understanding what I'm saying to you? David, that's why David said, he said, he said, he is my 
dwelling, but if you make him your refuge, he's my refuge, but my challenge to you is to make him your refuge. Are you understanding what I'm saying to you? This is where the challenge is to make him your refuge. Hallelujah. In fact, he says something interesting. He says, if you make the most high your dwelling, even the Lord who is my refuge, then no harm will befall you, no disaster will come near your tent. Wait a second. Which will come near your tent? Your tent. So first we talked about him being a refuge. Now we're talking about your tent. Where am I? Am I in his refuge? Am I in him? Am I in the refuge of God or am I in my tent? Where am I? Because he said he make you, if we make him, if we make him our refuge, then he starts talking about I'm in my tent. Where am I? It tells me that is that being his refuge is not necessarily circumstantial or geographical. That that you can make him your refuge no matter where you are. That no matter what circumstance that you're in or what condition that you're going through, that that right where you are, you can make him your refuge. That you can you can be in a prison cell and you can be in the refuge of God. That you can be in the pit and still be in the refuge of the Lord. That, that, that you can even be in the fire, in the fire itself. While you're in the fire, you can make that fire the refuge of the Lord. Isn't that what Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, the Bible says they were thrown in the furnace. But they're in the furnace because they trusted him. Because they made the Lord their refuge. Right there in, while they were still in the fire. They were in the refuge of the Lord. And they were walking around in the flame. Hallelujah. Because the promise of him being your refuge. When he says no disaster shall come near your tent. It's not saying necessarily that, got that, that life won't put you through the fire. It's not saying that life won't put you through the storm. It's saying that if you make him your refuge that right there in the middle of the stuff right there in the middle of the storm right there in the middle of the flames he can be your refuge in that place hallelujah and so David David sort of throws out this challenge for us he says I dare you to make him your refuge I made him my refuge now the challenge to you David says challenge is on you make him your refuge make him your provider make him are you understanding what I was saying to him tell your neighbor said make him yours make him yours <laughs> make him yours and the challenge for us is to close the distance between what we know and the circumstance that we're in right now that's the challenge the challenge is to close the distance between what we know and what we believe. That's, I mean, if there was a challenge for our generation, that's it right there. We know so much. Man, we, 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 have, we have archives and access. We are the information generation. We know so much. We, we, we go to Bible school and we, we know so much. But if we could just believe the fraction of what we know. Are you understanding? What, that, that's, that's the challenge. That's the onus upon us. Because what you believe is much more powerful than what you know. You can, you, you can go further on one truth that you believe than a, a thousand truths you know. 
the, 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 the disciples were not necessarily the most educated people in the world. But the, but the little they knew, they believed. Are you understanding what I'm saying to you? The little, with the little they, they didn't, they didn't graduate Bible college. They didn't have all the doctrines down. And we, we make doctrines over what they did, but they didn't, they, 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 they didn't know. They didn't have the degree. They didn't pass through the school. All that with the little they knew, they turned the world upside down. I'm telling you, Church of God, if we could just live out and believe the fraction of what we know, we would turn this world. You would turn the devil's kingdom upside down. We have to close the distance. It's not enough just to know that he is, but you have to choose and trust who he is in your own life and circumstance. And so... John asks, are you the one? And in typical Jesus fashion, Jesus does not clearly or at least directly answer John's question. In fact, the scripture tells us that when Jesus, when the messengers came to Jesus and they asked him the question, he, he didn't give any reply. The Bible says that he went Read, 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 read the text. He went at that moment, and right there he began to heal people, began to cast out demons, began to heal the sick, began to lift up the lame, he began to open up deaf ears, and, and, and it's almost like he forgot or ignored the messengers that came. And so they're sitting there, they're waiting, and said, well, maybe he was, he's busy, and now just they're waiting for an answer, and Jesus comes back and tells them, go back and tell John everything you saw and heard. But wait, Jesus, what about the question? We, we were sent to get an answer to the question. And Jesus is like, yeah, this is my answer. This is my answer. Everything you just saw me to do is the answer to the question of who I am. You, you aren't, you, it's just you aren't listening, but I've been answering the question the whole time. I've been, I've been, I've, I've been, I've been giving you the answer. All, all what you saw and heard is my answer. Go back, tell John everything you saw and heard. Now, I, part of me wants, it's like, it's like Jesus, why don't you just be straightforward? Just tell him. Like, John, I am the one. I know the circumstances that you're in right now may, may, may keep you from seeing it. And you forgot maybe. Remember, you're the one who told me I was the one in front of all the people. You heard I was the one. And I, 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 and I understand what you're going through. But I just want to confirm. Why, why, why didn't you just... Out? But Jesus realized that answering John, giving, more, giving John more head knowledge was not going to answer his doubt. I understand what I'm saying to you. Because, because that, that doubt sometimes is not necessarily addressed with more knowledge. That knowledge doesn't always answer the issue of doubt. That you can know so much, yet sometimes the disconnect between what's in here and what's in here, there's a cloud in between. <laughs> and, and, and you can have all the knowledge of mind but still struggle with doubt in the heart in other words 
Jesus said, John, I don't want you just to know. I want you to believe. I want you to believe because what you believe is more powerful than what you know. So Jesus did not send him an answer, but rather John, he sent John a testimony. He sent John a testimony and he, he sends him food for his faith. He sends, he sends him a little, he sends him enough to, to create a bridge and said, said, I want you to believe the testimony. It's not that you know already. John, you know. The issue is not you knowing. The issue is how we get you from knowing to believing. Are you understanding what I'm saying to you? So Jesus sent him a testimony. And through the testimony, he was answering John's question. And see, we must understand that. We have to understand God's language a bit. Because God, he speaks a little bit differently than, than what we are accustomed to. Because, because sometimes when we ask God a question, he doesn't necessarily send us an answer. But rather, he answers us by giving us or showing us a testimony. Think about all that God has done in your life. All that God has done. All the times God has provided. All the times God has come through. All the times you've seen his faithfulness at work in your life. All the times that you've prayed and he's answered. God was not just doing something for you. He was, but through the testimony, God was saying something to you. It, he was revealing who he is in your life. He was revealing who, 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 uh, who he is in your circumstance, in your issue. And everything that God did on one side of your life was a testimony. Was God speaking, it was God speaking across time to this issue and the circumstance that you're in right now. That's what Jesus, he, he was performing over here to send a testimony to John over there. And sometimes that's what God does in your life. That everything that he did on one side of your life was there to be a testimony for something else that you were going to go through because he knew what you were going to go through on the other side of your life. I, that's why the Bible, even in Genesis, God says, I give you every seed bearing plant or seed bearing fruit that everything every fruit that you experience has a seed for the future has a testimony for the future so everything you have to understand that everything that God did in your past every act of his faithfulness every act of his goodness every act of his grace every act of his deliverance was there to be a seed for what you're going to go through over here he's speaking he wasn't just doing, he was speaking. You have to understand it. You have to understand his language. He was speaking, giving you a testimony for what's on the other side. And in fact, in fact, my God, the people that Jesus healed on this side, he delivered, the people that he healed and delivered over here, he, he did it as a testimony to John for what he was going through over there. It, this is why you shouldn't get jealous at other people's miracles. That you shouldn't get jealous at other people's testimony. In fact, you should get excited. Because the testimony of what God has done in their life 
is God's witness and answer to you for what you're going through in your own life. That God loved you enough to do something in their life as a testimony to what you're going through in your own life. That when he was moving in their life, he moved in their life because he had you in mind. He had your issue in mind. That you didn't hear that testimony by accident. God sent you that testimony as a witness to what you're going through in your own life. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? Hallelujah. And see, sometimes we get confused. You get confused because, because you're praying for something and you're, you're asking God. And then all of a sudden you start hearing testimonies of other people around you. Have you ever gone through that? You're asking God and praying God. And, and then all of a sudden, just all of a sudden you start getting phone calls of people telling you what God did in their life. And then you fake and try to act like you're happy for them. While on the other side of your brain, you're asking God, what about me? But what you don't understand is the reason he moved in their life was to send you a testimony, send you a faith, send you a message. He's speaking to you, your life. In fact, that's why you have to be a faithful witness to what God is doing in your life. Because when he moved in your life, he wasn't just moving in your life. He, was, he did it with somebody else in mind. Somebody else needs to hear the testimony of what God has been doing in your life. Oh, there's seed in there that you need to plant. I said there's seed in there you need to plant. I said there's seed in there that you need to plant. That's a seed bearing fruit. There's a seed in there you need to plant in someone else's life. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Enough with this Christianity. It's all about me. Lord, bless me. Do something in my life. You need to start sowing all of those seeds of what God has done in your life. Are you understanding? Stop just waiting on the next miracle to drop. Start, start using the miracles that God has already done in your life to start planting it in the hearts and souls of other people. Are you hearing me? That seed is a light in someone else's darkness. They need to hear it. Tell your, tell your neighbor and help them tell them. Tell them they, they need to hear it. They need to hear it. Tell your neighbor. They, tell them you need to hear it. They need to hear it. They're, they, they, they're waiting on that testimony. They need to hear it. They're waiting on an answer. They need to hear it. You don't know the darkness they're sitting in. They need to hear it. Can I go deeper? John was in prison. He was not able to see or uh, he was not able to see Jesus or see what Jesus was doing. But through his servants, through John's servants, Jesus sent a testimony about himself to John's prison cell. Because John could not be where Jesus was. John was not able to see all that he was doing in other people's life. He was not able to hear the testimony for, uh, or see the testimony firsthand. And see, that's what the Gospels are. It is that even though we were not there to see it, even though God has sent a witness, God has sent their testimony through the gospel as a witness and testimony to her own situation. And it is not a story of what God has done in other people's lives. But what God did in their life 
all this book is there to tell you who God is in your life and your situation, in your prison, in your fire, in your flood, in your storm, in your issue of blood. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? All this book, God said, let me send you a testimony. You, I, know, I know you can't see it, but let me send you a testimony. I know you are not there to witness it, but let me send a testimony for your faith to explain to you who I am in your life, who I am in your situation, who I am in your circumstance. I don't know what area of life the devil has locked up or what he has locked up. But I've come with a testimony that Jesus is the one. He is the one. He is Christ. He is Savior. He is Messiah. He is the light in the darkness. He is provider. He is, he is your healer. He is the peace that surpasses all understanding. He, he, he is your miracle worker. He is your way where there is no way. He is your light in darkness. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? He is the one who was and is to come. He is your savior. He is your deliverer. He is your way maker. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? He is everything that you need and even more. He is more than enough. He is your joy. He is your grace. He is the all-sufficient one. He is, he is, he is, he is, he is. He is the key that would unlock you from your prison. He is the yoke breaker and the chain breaker. He is the one. I dare you to stand up and begin to tell God, yes, Lord, you are the one. I dare you to tell the devil and let him know, yes, he is. He is the one. He is my healer. Yes, he is. 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 I've come with a testimony to somebody's prison this morning to tell you, yes, he is. I've come to ask my God. My God, I've come with a testimony for your soul. I've come with a testimony for your home. I've come with a testimony for your marriage. I've come with a testimony for your issue to let you know, my God, that he is the one. He is the one. He is the one. He is the one. He's the light in that darkness. He's the peace in the storm. Yes, 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 he is. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. My God, my God, my God. Oh, yes. I dare you to stand in your issue. Stand in that need and tell the need, yes, he is. Tell your body, yes, he is. Tell the storm, yes, he is. Tell the flame, yes, he is. Yes, he is. And he is a rewarder. And he is a rewarder. He is the rewarder. Yes, he is. Yes. 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 My God. Yes, Jesus. Yes, Jesus. There are so many Johns in this place. So many people. And you're struggling. You're struggling because you know in here, but you're fighting in here. 
you're witnessing to others from here while you're battling doubt in here. And on the outside, you're trying to show strength. <laughs> but in here, the questions are raging. And I do not presume myself anything else but those servants that Jesus sent to John to say to you, yes, he is. Yes, he is. <laughs> yes, he is. Oh, 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 he is, he is, he is, he is. I got a testimony for every lie that the enemy has been speaking to you in that darkness, been, that has been speaking to you in that, in that prison, that has been speaking to you in that pit. And I want to declare to it, yes, he is. Yes, he is. Oh, Jesus, right now, right now, Lord, show who you are. I thank you, my God, that you are not a man that you should lie, nor the son of man that you should change your mind. Father God, I thank you right now. Manifest yourself. Show yourself. Reveal yourself right where they are, right in that prison, right in those questions. Right in those doubts. Right in that storm, my God. <laughs> Jesus. Jesus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The Bible says that the, the disciples were in the middle of a storm. And the disciples saw something coming at a distance. And they cried out in fear. But Jesus cried out, It is I! <laughs> it is I! Do not be afraid. The storm didn't stop. He said, But if you can just recognize who I am, He will be your refuge in the middle of the storm. He wants to reveal who He is right there in the middle of your storm. It is I. Yes, I am. <laughs> Lord, if it's you, yes, I am. Yes, I am. Yes, I am. Yes, I am. Hey, this is just a reminder. Have you subscribed to our Telegram channel? Not only will you find important announcements, but also access to our daily devotionals, family devotionals, and much, much more. We also want to take this moment to thank you for your generosity and faithfulness throughout the years. Not only is your giving a fragrant and acceptable offering before God, but Paul in 2 Corinthians 9.12 describes it as an expression of ministry. And it is that very ministry that allows us to continue to put our hands to the plow together in the work of reaching people with the message of God's grace and love. You can give through four different avenues. You can stop by your nearest commercial bank, or Braham Bank and deposit your offering into the account number on the screen, you can also take advantage of either bank's mobile banking apps. For those of you who have international major credit cards or debit cards, you can give online on our website, bezachurch.org. And you can always stop by our accounting office 
on the PK Building 5th floor and they will be happy to serve you there. In this extraordinary and unusual season, we appreciate you going out of your way to give. Thank you. God bless you. በመጨረሻም አንድ ነገር ላስተዋውሳችሁ የቤዛ ቴሌግራም ቻናልን ጆይን ያደርጉ። በቴሌግራም የቤተክርስቲያን ማስተዋቂያ ብቻ ሳይሆን የለታዊ የእግዚአብሔር ቃል ጥናት የቤተሰብ ጥናት እና ሌሎች አጫጭር ነገሮችን ያገኛሉ። በዚህ መንፈሳዊነቱን በመመገብ ይትኩ። በመጨረሻ ለእግዚአብሔር በታማኝነት እንደቃሉ አስራትና መባችሁን የፍቅር ስጦታችሁን ስለምትሰጡ እግዚአብሔር ይባርካችሁ። ለእግዚአብሔር የምትሰጡት ስጦታችሁ በእግዚአብሔር ዘንድ እንደ መልካም ማዓዛ እንደሆነ ቃሉ ያስተምረናል። ይብቻ ሳይሆን ሁለተኛ ቆሮንጦስ ምዕራፍ 9 ቁጥር 12 ላይ እንደሚያስተምረን ለእግዚአብሔር የምናቀርበው አገልግሎታችንም ጭምር ነው። ይሄው አገልግሎታችሁ በእግዚአብሔር ያገልግሉት እርሻ ላይ አብልጠን እንድንዘረጋ ሰዎችንም በእግዚአብሔር የጸቃቃል እንድንደርስ የሚያደርገን አብረን የምንጠመድበት ያገልግሉት እድል ነው። ስትሰጡ ባራት መንገድ መስጠት ይችላልላችሁ። አንደኛ በቅርባችሁ ወደሚገኝ የኢትዮጵያ ንግድ ባንክ ወይም ብርሃን ባንክ በመሄድ ሁለተኛ በተለይም በዚህ እንግዳ ጊዜ በስልካችሁ በሚገኝ ሞባይል ባንኪንግ አፕ እንድትጠቀሙ አብልጠንን መከራለን። ከኢትዮጵያ ውጪ ላላችሁ ወገኖቻችን ደግሞ በሜጀር ክሬዲት ካርድ ወይም ዴቢት ካርድ በመጠቀም bezachurch.org ድረገጽ ላይ በመሄድ መስጠት ይችላልላችሁ። በመጨረሻም በቲኬ ኢንተርናሽናል ህንፃ አምስተኛ ፎቅ ላይ በሚገኘው የቤዛ ሂሳብ ክፍል በመሄድ ለተሰጡት ይችላልላችሁ። በዚህ ባልተለመደ እንግዳ በሚመስል ጊዜ ሁሉን አልፋችሁ ለእግዚአብሔር ሥራ ከሌላው ጊዜ አብልጣችሁ ስለተዘረጋችሁ እግዚአብሔር ይባርካችሁ። እንወዳችኋለን እግዚአብሔር ይጠብቃችሁ ፊቱንም ያብራላችሁ